Um, I am so excited to be here with you all today as we start this new Christmas season. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 1, so if you all want to go ahead and open up your Bibles, you can do that. And what I want to talk about, oh, first of all, I did not steal any of Chase's shoes today. These are my own, okay? These are my own. So, but I, what I want to talk to you about today is about expectations. And you may think, wow, how do we get the, uh, how do we go from expectations to the nativity scene to the birth of Jesus? Well, I think it's very, very clear because I get to talk to you today about Joseph, the stepfather or the earthly father of our Savior, Jesus. And I'll be honest with you, I have never really studied Joseph before. We know the reality that, okay, he was betrothed to Mary, which is, uh, in, our, in our day, we would say they were engaged. However, betrothal has, of course, you know this, more meaning than that. Basically, they've kind of shared their vows with one another. They've committed themselves to one another. And this period normally lasts about a year. But the reality is that they're going to be married. There is going to be the celebration. The, the groom is going to come after he has built his, the add-on or the house or wherever they're going to live. Once he has done that, he is going to go and he is going to grab his wife and there's going to be a celebration and they're going to consummate the marriage and, and they're going to move forward. And that is eventually what happens with Joseph, but I guarantee you his expectations and what actually happened really rocked his world. And expectations have a tendency to rock our world. <clears throat> expectations are this idea that things are going to happen at a certain level. And so many times it are, these are expectations that we bring into situations because we are unwilling to look at what possibly could happen. Another reason that expectations can get out of whack is that we forget that everybody around us has autonomy just like we do. We get to make our own decisions. You get to make your own decisions. But expectations, there's always this conflict when two people come together and they have different expectations or the reality comes and it starts decimating expectations. Now, some of these can be really easy, okay? Well, not easy, but, you know, our team loses, all right? I'm used to that. Being a fan of the Washington football team, I'm used to them losing, okay? And then they win just enough to where I start drinking the Kool-Aid and thinking, oh my gosh, we have a chance. And then, okay. There are other expectations you could have. You could be a Dallas Cowboy fan who thinks that you're actually gonna make it to the playoffs and be successful. It's not gonna happen. Thank you. Yeah, Rick, poor Ricky's up here and I did that just for him and Wow, I'm not making any, any points with you today, am I? I love you, brother. I love you. There's other expectations. Expectations like my car will never break down on a Tuesday morning at 740 on I-95 heading now north and block traffic for everybody. But if I don't change the oil and replace the brakes and check the tires and make sure it's up, guess what? Your expectations and reality are going to come crashing together, and it's going to be bad. And a lot of people are going to tell you you're number one. <laughs> so, yeah, some of you get that, yeah, 
Okay. Yeah, you're number one. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Some of them can be maybe barbecuing and you totally underestimated the heat of your grill and the $50 of New York strips that you put on the grill became briquettes. <laughs> Not that that's ever happened to me before, but the expectation was this great meal. And instead, I think we ended up getting Wendy's, but anyways. Some expectations that were much harder. Death. We all realize that death is part of life until death knocks at our door. In the expectation that dad would be with us for another 30 years. Or the expectation that mom would be here. Or the expectation that my husband or my wife would be here longer. That we would have more time. These are the ones that really rock our world. And it causes us to ponder, to think, to question. And a lot of times we get angry. And then there's the expectations that get dashed with friends and family and loved ones and children. What we hoped for, what we were aiming for, what we expected to happen comes in way differently here. And there's a sense of betrayal that comes over us. Now, I will tell you, when Jesus entered the world, and even during Jesus' life, there were expectations that people had of what the Messiah would be and what he would look like, and what he would do. And one of the things that God constantly did to us, to them at the time, but even with ourselves, what are your expectations of a savior? What are your expectations of a savior? And when Jesus doesn't fit that expectation of you, what is your response? I will tell you, a lot of people get really angry with God. A very common thing that I deal with in families that are grieving is this idea that God has taken somebody away from them and now they're angry at God. Well, first of all, I would tell you that I believe that that's bad theology. I don't believe God takes people from us. As much as what he does is that he welcomes them back into his presence. For those that are in Christ Jesus, there is a welcoming home. Jesus blew up the expectations. And even this nativity scene and the birth of Jesus that we're going to spend the next three weeks looking at, the next four weeks looking at during this Christmas season is going to blow up the expectations of everybody. And I tell you, the first one whose expectations got rocked was, was dad, was Joseph. Let's read this text. I'm in Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. This is what Matthew does. 
Now, this is a summary of this, okay? And we're going to pick this apart a little bit, but this is going to be up on the screen. So if you don't have it with you, you can follow along the screen. But I want you to pay attention. There's a few words that are highlighted here, and they're highlighted for a reason, all right? So if you've got your Bibles, open them up. If you've got the app, get your highlighter ready, all that good stuff. Ready? Here we go. Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to the son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Now, I will tell you, if I am Joseph, the first thing, the first expectation that I get, my world gets rocked with is how would you like to have been in that conversation when Mary has to tell Joseph, guess what? I'm pregnant. Tell me that Joseph's world did not get rocked when he heard this. Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant. Now, if I'm Joseph, if we're Joseph, our expectations and the reality of life just came together and collided and exploded the expectations. There are three things that I want us to see about Joseph, and then there's three things that I want us to learn about Joseph today. The first one is Joseph had expectations that got absolutely blown up. So he is just like us. How many of us have had those expectations that got rocked? Maybe it was a dad. Maybe it was a spouse. Maybe it was betrayal. Maybe it was, you know, I aced that test. And then you get the test back and you only got a 60 on it. But maybe it's we're going to live happily ever after. And that doesn't happen. See, these are the expectations that Joseph was going through with Mary when he finds out that his wife is pregnant. And please understand, Joseph did not have the dream yet, did not get to have that conversation with the Spirit of God to say, hey, listen, it's good. What he heard was, I'm pregnant. The second thing that we see about Joseph is this. 
Now, in the NIV, it says that he was a faithful man. Other translations you may have may say that he is righteous. Either way, Joseph was a good man. He was a man who loved the Lord. He was a man who humbled himself. And he was a man who looked to God for wisdom and discernment and lived his life according to the law. Because he had a relationship with God. God is not going to choose anybody that is not in tune with him. Can God use people that are not in tune with him? Absolutely. But to choose this, to have who is going to provide and protect and rear the son of God was a specific choice by God. And he chose a man that was faithful and righteous. The third thing that we find out about Joseph is that he is kind and merciful. Verse 119 says, and yet he did not want to expose Mary to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now again, the tension is If I'm a righteous, faithful man, I know what the law says. If this woman has been in an adulterous affair, the penalty of this is death. It is banishment. It is going outside the camp and being stoned to death. But Joseph didn't want any of this. I believe with every fiber of my body that Joseph absolutely loved Mary or at least was incredibly committed to her and saw her for who she was, a child of God, someone who deserved love, someone who deserved providing for, someone to love and someone to care for. But Joseph on his own, knowing what he knew about the law, knew that something had to happen, but he didn't want the worst case scenario. Now, I will tell you this. When I get hurt, when you betray me, man, I can play the victim card quick. Look what you did to me. And we are quick to shout out and tell the world, this is what you did. This is what that person did to me. Man, we'll put it on social media. Man, we'll make a big presentation on our social media that we were once engaged or in a relationship and now I'm single because yada, 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 yada. And we start telling other people's story. But what we learn from Joseph is it's not my place to tell other people's stories. It's not my place to take everybody's inventory and post it out there because it makes me feel better. Joseph was kind. And I think what Joseph wanted to do is he just kind of wanted to blend back in. I'm just going to be a carpenter for a while. Really, what he was was a stonemason. I'm just going to work. I'm going to eat, I'm going to sleep, and I'm going to worship God. But i got to think he was devastated. And in so many ways, what Joseph experienced, he went from the expectation of joy and life and fulfillment and all the things. Remember when we first got married? 
Remember when you first started dating and you started getting serious and you started having all these dreams and aspirations of what it would look like? And then the reality of car payments and mortgage payments and, and, and Amazon Prime? What are you doing buying that? We can't afford this. Yeah. Amazon Prime is like therapy, I know. Yeah, I digress, exactly. <laughs> Have you ever experienced this where you're trucking along and things are really good and then all of a sudden it's like this crane comes and scoops you out of everything you know and puts you in a desert? And in a desert, there's nothing but wasteland in whatever direction you look. There's no reference points, there's no mile markers. There's no idea where you are. That's where I think Joseph was. And so these are the three things that I want us to look at that I believe that we can learn from Joseph. Joseph reminds us that we need to rest in our desert. We need to rest in our desert. And that almost sounds countercultural. It almost sounds, why would I want to do that? If I'm hurting, if I'm in the desert, I want out of the desert. I want to go. But the reality is, if we don't rest in it, what we'll do is we'll spend all of our energy and all of our resources walking around in a circle. Or worse, we're going to make our situation worse. Instead of moving in a direction that I should be going, I actually think I'm actually moving someplace completely different, farther and farther and farther away from where I need to be to find shelter and water and food and necessity and life. So we need to rest. <coughs> we need to rest in our deserts. We need to figure out what we have. What resources do I have? What people are around me? What are the things that I can do? Is there God where? God, where are you in all of this? This is what I do have right now. This is the reality of what I have. All of a sudden, those expectations get totally thrown out. And the worst thing we can do is do a knee-jerk reaction. How many of us have experienced something and the first thing we want to do is we want to pack up and we want to move and we want to just do a complete start over? Some of you have done that. It's not uncommon. It's not uncommon for couples that have been married for years and one of them passes away and all of a sudden mom decides, okay, or dad, who are the survivor, decides, okay, I, I, I got to clean the house out. I, I, I got to sell the house. I got to move. And they never rest in their grief. So I'm going to ask you, wherever you are, whatever desert you find yourself in, if it's either you're in one now or you're entering one or you've just come out of one, let me ask you this. Did you rest in it first? Second thing that we do is I'm going to ask that you look for God in your desert. 
After I've taken inventory of everything that's around me and I start coming to grips with the reality of what's around me, where is God in this? James chapter one is a beautiful passage about rejoicing in our hardships. And that sounds counterintuitive. But James, the brother of Jesus, the very first lesson that he gives is, listen, when you're in the desert, recognize that this is a good place because if you will walk through this, you will come through on the other side stronger and better. And this is the part that I love. And if you lack wisdom, then you should ask God who gives abundantly, generously, to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So as you are looking for God in your desert, it is time to purge your ideas. This is what I do. When the expectations get dashed, when I got plucked, I mean, 10 years ago, I got plucked out of everything and stuck in this desert. It's the only way I can describe it. I had no idea where to go. And I finally, okay, God, where are you in this? My plans have got me spinning around. And so when I do ask God for his wisdom, it's not like I take my idea and put it on one side of the scale and take God's idea and put it on the other side of the scale and measure it up. Huh, okay, sounds good. God, it was a great idea, but I'm not going to do it. You ever think that maybe God's plan is always, always better than ours? But we have to be willing to look, and that's what Joseph did. Joseph had his plan that he was going to divorce Mary quietly, but he didn't act on it. And this is the cool part is because he didn't act on it, God showed up. And it was God's plan. God's plan that far exceeded anything that Joseph could have thought of. Can I tell you this? In my desert 10 years ago, boom. Been a senior pastor to a church for 10 years. And I left there. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I got fired or I quit. I think it may have been, you're fired. I was like, you can't fire me, I quit. Or was I quit? Well, you're not quitting, you're fired. I don't know what it was, but it was bad. And all of a sudden, everything that I knew got taken away from me. I rested in my desert because I didn't know what else to do. I rested in my desert because I didn't have the power, the energy, the desire to move forward. But then I asked God, and doggone it, if there wasn't a reference point way down there. 
And I believe that our boy Joseph did just that. Okay, God, this is what I'm thinking. But not your will, but my will. Or not my will, but your will be done. And so we know that God sent an angel to Joseph. Verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of Mary, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. See, God gave Joseph the reference point in the desert. And then this is the last part that I think we learn about Joseph. Is once you see the reference point, once you see what God has put there, out there for you, move out of your desert. Move. Again, don't sit there, my plan, God's plan. God, what's your plan? And when we see the reference point, it is our job to move. It is our job to go out. Now, it may take a while to get to the shelter. But if we keep our eyes focused on the reference point and we keep going towards it every day, we get closer and closer and closer. So I don't know where you are today. Do you see God's reference point? Have you looked for God in your situation? Are you walking in the direction that God wants you to walk? I'm going to ask if the worship team would go ahead and come on back out. We're going to wrap this up. I love what Joseph did when he had the dream. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home to be his wife. What a beautiful, beautiful story that is. Now, I guarantee you that there were whispers. I guarantee you that family gatherings and family reunions were a little bit, there's that woman who said, God. Can you imagine the buddies of Joseph? Dude, what are you doing? Really? People aren't going to understand what you're doing. When God gives you your reference point and you start walking, when God lays out the plan for you and you start walking in it and doing it, there will be people who will reject you because they don't understand. But Joseph was a faithful man and he followed God. Now, I will tell you, there's one other thing here that we learn about Joseph and we can also learn about ourselves in this. When we 
rest in the hard times, when we look for God, when we see what God has placed out for us and we begin to walk in it, God gives us a whole new purpose. Let that sink in. When I am walking with God, when we are walking with God, when we are in step, when we are, tr we are seeking his face on a constant basis, God, guide me. I'm asking you to make my path straight. And I realize that sometimes it's uphill in wet concrete, but it's straight. And sometimes it's downhill and we're just sliding along. But when I'm doing what God has asked me to do, my purpose completely changes. My purpose 10 years ago was changed. But my expectations and my hopes were to be this. And God said, no, John, this was just a step for this. Don't fight it. Just maybe, just maybe, God is giving you the very thing you have been asking your whole life. God, what is my purpose? Now Joseph's purpose became very clear. He got to become the protector and the provider and the trainer of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And he did it quietly and he did it in the background. But God chose a very special man who was willing to go into the desert and to do all the things and come out on the other side with a brand new perspective and a brand new purpose. And so as we gather around the nativity scene, as we're in the stable and we see the people that are there, we see Mary, we see Joseph, we see the shepherds, there's a star above it. Now, I don't know about the wise man coming yet, but I'll let Jason talk to you about that one, okay? There are animals, the smell, the stench of a barn, the crib, our Savior's first crib was a feeding trough. He was wrapped in rags. And there's a man by the name of Joseph who knew, now had brand new purpose in his life. And it was Joseph, as, as scripture tells us, and he, Joseph, named the boy Jesus which means God saves. It's not just a name, it's who Jesus is. It is his character, it is his, it is his being. It is Emmanuel, God with us. They're not names, they are defining who he is. And we, because of Joseph, because God said, you're my man and you have a purpose far greater than building stone things. 
you are going to set the cornerstone of faith in my son Jesus Christ who will save men and women from their sin. So in your desert, embrace it. Don't wallow in it, but embrace it. And who knows that God is providing a whole new purpose for you. Now listen, I don't know where you are, and I tell you this every Sunday morning, but here's the thing. If you are in your desert right now and you have never turned towards Jesus and asked for his wisdom, for his guidance, for him to be Lord of your life, now, this Christmas season, right now, today, is the day to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. If you want things to be different, if your life has been one expectation broken after another, just maybe, just maybe, God has something more for you. And so the invitation is for you today. And let me tell you how simple this is. It's not easy, but it's simple. It is believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he lived, he lived, he was born in a manger, a barn. He lived a sinless life for us. And he became the sacrificial lamb that through his blood washes our sins white as snow. We're asking you to believe that. Kind of far-fetched, isn't it? But if everything that you have done has brought you to nowhere but in the middle of a desert, maybe it's time that we accept that Jesus is exactly who he is. If that's you today, if you wanna accept Jesus, I'm gonna ask that you pray this prayer. You ready? Let's pray, everyone. Father God, I come to you and I thank you so much. Who would have thought we could have learned really something from Joseph? There's hardly anything in scripture about him. But yet, God, he is us. This is our story. And God, this is my prayer for anyone who has never accepted you. God, would they repeat these words in their heart and lift them up to you. God, I am a sinful person. I need you to save me. God, I need your plan. I need your wisdom. I need your strength. And I give up on me and allow you to be Lord of my life. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. For those of you that are online, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I'm gonna ask that you would click on that little icon that's on there. I'm gonna ask that you would say, hey, listen, I'm raising my hand, I'm all in, Jesus is in. And I may not know exactly who Jesus is yet, but I'm all in. And that's where we wanna come and partner with you. But we gotta know who you are. If you prayed that prayer today, I'm gonna ask you to do something really, really bold. I'm gonna ask that you would stand up and that you would come forward 
as we sing this last song, because I'm gonna have the prayer team up here and I'm gonna be up here. We don't wanna embarrass you. What we wanna do is we wanna embrace you. We wanna embrace you and we wanna begin walking this walk with you. We wanna empower you so that you and Jesus can get out of your desert. And if you've been a faithful believer, but you find yourself in a desert, I'm gonna ask you to do the same thing. The prayer team and I will be up here. You need to come forward. What part of this do you need because your expectations have been dashed? What part of this being in the desert are you unwilling to stay there anymore and you're spinning around and you're using up all your resources? You come forward, let us pray for you. Gang, you have a purpose. And in the desert is when we can really find what that purpose is, just as Joseph did. Amen? Amen.